This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. And we'll fade that down, and we hit the air right now, 89.1 Kins FM. This is Attitude Era Monday Live, Monday time. And we are here to entertain every one of our masses, and we welcome you all to another fun edition. And I do believe Granny is here. Are you here? Yes, I am, Icon, ready for another amazing show on 89.1 Ken's FM tonight. All right. And uh, we also want to uh, thank you for joining us. And it's going to be another fun show as we... I've had to throw that in there, and I do believe we have the Nightmare Matthias here with us as well. Yeah, I am here, ready for another show on 89.1 Ken's FM. And we are going to catch everybody up. Our first guest calls in in about 15 minutes. Our first guest out of the shoot will be G. Larry Butler, and we're also going to have Abby Hegyard. Uh, she is most famous for her first role, part of my childhood, which would be you can't do that on television. Do you remember that show, Matthias? Uh, no, I'm not familiar. Well, that's right. I keep forgetting how young you are. Back in the day, Nickelodeon, when it was about kids, they used to have shows like Out of Control, Danger Mouse. Okay. You, you can't do that on television, Inspector Gadget, all those. Yeah. And uh, that's back when uh, Nickelodeon was starting, and uh, I got a lot of... Uh, grief from my mother watching that show and I spent a lot of time in my room because I watched that show. She told me not to watch it, so we're going to talk to uh, Abby about that. And our final guest tonight will be another actress. Her name is uh, Natar Paz and she's going to talk to us about some of her upcoming roles in Visible Flags and Below and and They Lived. So she's going to talk to all about her new projects and everything going on with her. Let's go ahead and get everybody caught up with what our weeks have been like. Granny, what is new with you since last week? Well, you know, I had a big uh, wrestling debut show in Fort Smith, Arkansas, Saturday for Classic Championship Wrestling. It was their debut show. It went over pretty well. Uh, had a good turnout for it. Their next show is July 15th. I'm not sure the location yet. They're working on that right now. But myself and our general manager, Dennis McCaslin, and our senior referee, Brian Scott, made an appearance on Good Day NWA this past Wednesday morning to come talk about, you know, the wrestling show coming up. And it's had a good response, and um, it was just a fun night, you know. Uh, I can't wait for July 15th. Um, they're working on some things to have Granny kind of be more involved, somehow more involved than what I already am, which is lots of fun. So um, I like that. So it, it, it was a good show, good turnout. And I did see that promo you cut on Facebook. I loved it. We loved it so much we had to post that on Jeff, our Facebook page. Yes. He faced um, the Arab Prince Al Farak. However, 
I call Prince Alfred. I call him Princess. I call him Princess Al. So, you know, he kept threatening me that he was going to beat me up like he beats up his wife. And I said, you know, Princess Al, I said, there's medication for those delusional dreams that you keep having. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, unfortunately, you know, Jeff Jack got disqualified because, you know, Princess Al, you know, I got, I, I got to share a little story about Alpharat. Alpharat and Granny kind of go way back. We have a history with each other. When there was a company called Traditional Championship Wrestling that ran in the Fort Smith, Arkansas area for several years, they quit running in 2013, but um, they still show the old reruns of TCW down in the Little Rock area on TV. And um, so Princess Al and I, we go way back. So he always likes to cheat. He cannot play fair. He does not fight fair. So, you know, Jeff Jett got his wish, and the, the he went to basically – the owner of, of Classic Championship Wrestling, Mr. Stephen Westbrook, and said, July 15th, I want a no DQ match falls count anywhere because I, it was brutal. It was brutal. And if next month, there's no telling what's going to happen. Well, that's interesting. And we'll, we'll definitely talk more about that in the coming weeks because it sounds like Granny is getting involved, and we love when Granny gets involved. And it sounds like she's involved, she, Icon. It's just I'm getting more involved. And and then I have uh, the Ryder Cup, Wrestling for a Cause, the Ryder Cup Memorial Show, the two-day event um, this weekend in Tulsa. So, And I had... DCW the first weekend of June. So, you know, my weekends have been, the last three weeks in a row, have been tied up with wrestling. And, we'll, like I said, we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. I, I just can't wait to find out what uh, kind of stuff Granny's going to get into. But, Matthias, what's new with you in the wrestling realm? Uh, nothing new has been really involved with the wrestling. Uh, after the severe knee injury, I have been um, rehabbing through. Uh, I do have a match upcoming this Saturday, but I'm not sure if I will have to cancel that booking or not yet. Do if my knee can take uh, the pressure. It's been uh, it's been a long recovery. It's been painful. It's been problematic, but I've been getting through it. And then uh, just recently, I celebrated my birthday. Um, and then after that, it's just been uh, figure out my wrestling bookings and future uh, coming up. Well, happy birthday, by the way, Matthias. You look pretty sharp in that suit the other day that I saw a picture of you. Uh, I appreciate it. I was at my uh, my good friend's wedding the weekend before. I like that. And uh, was you know actually the suit you were wearing was very attractive. It's actually better than any suit that Sylvester J. Fox has ever worn. Well, as a matter of fact, we'll talk about that here real quick, so I'm not sure if any of you are very familiar with this, uh, but the Slides guys are actually no more in Below Zero Wrestling. We broke up. Uh, Sylvester J. Fox, after we lost our tag team match to, uh, the, ND, to the team of NDS, uh, after both uh, Mac and the system got pinned, 
Sylvester J. Fox got in all of our faces, started degrading us and yelling at us, calling us worthless, that kind of thing. And uh, we let the big guy take advantage, and he uh, choke slammed him uh, south of heaven twice. And we walked out of the ring together. So the Slice guys will be, uh, from what I could tell, no more in Below Zero Wrestling. So Sly Fox got absolutely destroyed at Wrestleversary 2. So was he wearing wow. his was he wearing his pickled herring bone suit? No, he was wearing a blood red suit. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I'm actually sad to hear that because I know how much you love the faction and I know how much you love being part of that group. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, what's going on with your career in the weeks to come as well. We, we, we've talked a little bit about it off air. But I don't think this is the time right now to talk about some of the other details. We'll go over those when we have a little more time, like when the guest goes short or whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later on because it is, it is an interesting story, and I do want fans to know about it if you're willing to talk about it. I'm sure you are, but we'll, we'll kind of curb that for now. In the meantime, let's catch everybody up with what the icon's been up to. Believe it or not... I have been knocking off every single item on my thing called a honey-do list. Everybody always told me when I got married that there's going to be a honey-do list. And I, I've been married now for almost two years now. And I've never had a honey-do list until I bought a house. I had no idea buying a house was going to cause me to get a honey-do list. No one ever told me this. Should I should I have been aware of this? Should some should some of my friends have warned me that this was coming? What do you guys think? I mean, for me, it's kind of uh, you know you basically have a honey do list almost every single day of your life when you're with a significant other. Um, but you know, when you get married and you get a house together and stuff like that, it kind of just builds and builds and I don't think uh, as they always say a mother's work is never done well also a man's work on the honeydew list I would say is almost never done not always fully done and you guys would never guess what's always on the top of my wife's honeydew list every week any idea I'm going to guess dishes yes yes I don't I don't do dishes Unless there's unless there's an electronic dishwasher involved, I don't do dishes. Uh, Bernadette takes care of that. I do all the cooking. And at the top of her honeydew list every weekend is breakfast, and I take care of that part of the honeydew list. And then there's you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I usually prioritize every item on the list so I get it done in due fashion. This weekend on my honeydew list coming up is adding the security system to our house. We want to secure our location where we're, where we're at in Twin Valley. I'm not saying, I mean, it's a, it's a nice little quiet community. I, I don't see any issues there. I've already met the local authorities, and we became fast friends. For some reason, he has heard of me which uh, I, I guess I understand, so I'm sure he's listening right now, so I'll make sure that I... That's pretty I, uh, scary, isn't it, Icon? <laughs> Your friends are with not, the authorities? <laughs> well, I, I, I always like to try and 
be the good guy, be the nice guy. That way, if there's any issues later on, they'll be on my side instead of not on my side, if that makes sense. True. So how does Homer and the kitty kitty cat like their new house? They have not been there yet. Uh, their first they still aren't there? No, their first weekend will be this weekend. We have a moving company coming, packing everything up in our house, I mean in our apartment on the 18th, moving everything on the 19th. So uh, the show on the 19th, I will be... I will be ready to talk to you guys about uh, my week, which will be unpacking, 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 and unpacking. I'll be working. Well, you know, Icon, you could have, you could have taken Homer and what's your cat's name? Midnight. Midget. Midget, midget, yeah, midget. I knew it started with an M. Okay, you could have taken Homer and Midget out there before you started, like, moving stuff so they could get accommodated and adjusted to their new surroundings. Well, they are actually going out there Friday night because we would like to have them get used to everything before the move, you know, so they don't bark and meow at the movers when they're there. So See, you could have nice already to... had them out there, and that would have given them more time to get adjusted to their new place. Well, when it comes to the well-being of our pets, I'm very, I'm very involved in that. But when it comes to I guess you are. having, yeah, when it comes to having them out there at the house, we decided that we didn't want to bring them out there until we're going to be out there full time. Since we since well, we bought see, it, we've only that, that's understandable too. Since we bought it, we've only been out there on the weekends, and I've been getting a lot of stuff done on the weekends. And what can I say? I, I'm starting to become I don't know a YouTube watcher when it comes to how do you fix this? How do you fix that? I mean, I have friends that know how to fix this stuff. I have a friend that knows about plumbing. I have a friend that knows about electronics. As a matter of fact, I think he's listening to the show right now. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends that know about gardening and all this other stuff. So I've been asking a lot of advice on how to do this and how to do that. And I, I'm slowly becoming a homeowner. And I'm enjoying it. I'm having a lot of fun. And one other thing that I, we can talk about here real quick before our first guest calls in Matthias and I were given a, a movie role, right, Matthias? Yes, indeed we were. And you, have you had a chance to read your part? Yes, I, I, I did dabble in the script uh, a couple of times while I was in uh, Minneapolis. You know, what's interesting about that scene that we're in, that was not originally in the original part of the, the movie. He wrote that in just for us. And that, that's awesome to hear. And he would like us, to, and you and I will have to talk about this maybe next week. He wants us to come out there uh, one week in August to film our scenes. Okay. So we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But it looks like our first guest is waiting in the wings, so we are going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back, and we'll have our first guest. So stick with us after these messages. 
So, if your spring and summer projects include some concrete work, Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at 701-866-9018. And we do want to thank Elevated for sponsoring our show. And we also want to thank them for removing all the snow at the radio station here so we can make room for more concrete projects. Well, well, we'll talk more about them in a little while. But anyway, our first guest is on the air. He's walking down the aisle. Here he comes. He has done so many things on the big screen, the small screen. He plays piano. He's very talented. And we're going to talk to him right now. He is the man himself. He is G. Larry Butler. Hey, hey, hey. This is G. Larry Butler. You're listening to the Attitude Era, Monday Live on 89.1 KENS FM, KNNZ, with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern Mightmare Matthias. Well, hey, uh, so how how can we address you? Should we, adjo- uh, should we say, hey, G, or uh, Mr. Larry, how should we get uh, how should we address you? Oh, gee, I... <laughs> I'm just joking. No, uh, G uh, stands for George. Sometimes it's gruesome, sometimes it's goofy. It depends on the movie I'm doing. But when I first came to Hollywood, I couldn't own the name Larry Butler. I became an actor in Denver. And when I joined SAG, and you know, they said, uh, somebody else owns it. I mean, how can you own another name? Now it's just like it'd be Larry Butler one two three four five. That's how they do it. But uh, back in the eighties, if somebody had the name, you couldn't you couldn't use it. So it was uh, the band leader for Willie Nelson was Larry Butler, and so I had to go by something else. And I asked my agent, now, "What am I going to do?" And I thought, well, "My first name's George. I'll just go by G. Larry Butler, and then everybody will have to go G. Larry Butler." And he loved it, so we kept it. <laughs> it's been that way ever since. So it's, it's and easy to find in the lineup. Now we're we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your your career, and you you've had an extensive career. You've done a lot of stuff that I do want to talk about. Here's basically how we'll do it. I'll ask you a few questions, then we'll let Granny, then we'll let the Nightmare, then okay. I'll come back to me. I'll ask you the tougher questions. One right. show that I do want to ask you about that you that you were in a couple different episodes. You were actually in my father's favorite TV show. Perry Mason. Perry Mason. What was it yeah, like anyway. hanging with Perry Mason? Oh, it was wonderful. Um, he didn't really uh, socialize with, you know, um, uh, the other actors as much, unless you were an A-lister, of course. But you know, I, was, I was beginning, so I was just a day player. You know, I had I had lines. I was a principal, but I was too small for him, I guess. So he wouldn't uh, give pictures or talk or anything. And, Finally, somebody through production said, well, you know, um, Perry's gay. And nobody at the time knew it. So I thought, I'm going to get him to talk to me. And so uh, I I grew up in a small town in Napa Valley in Northern California called Calistoga. And there was another town called Healdsburg, just over the valley in Sonoma County. 
and he and his partner lived there. They they have a, they had a ranch. So I turned to Perry, and uh, you know he was staring straight ahead. And I said, "How's everything in uh, Healdsburg?" He turned slowly to me, and <laughs> he was as white as a ghost. Because at that time nobody knew, you know, about that. They kept it secret. He said, uh, uh, "Well, I don't get home very much, thank you." And after that, you know, he would talk. But uh, so I kept it secret, you know, because nobody, you know, knew at all back in the in the mid '80s. So anyway, but but he was a really nice guy. Other than that, uh, you know, he's just everybody that's an A-lister that came to another state, like in another city, like Denver. <clears throat> that the rule was you do not take pictures, you do not talk to them, you do not, you know, whatever. I just uh, mind, mind your P's and Q's and stay away from them. So I guess I broke protocol, but, you know, because I, I had a scene with them, for God's sake. I mean, you got to talk a little bit. So anyway, that was my uh, my one story about that. But I loved uh, working with him. I loved working with the lady who played Della Street. Um I can't remember her name at the moment. She was the mother of William Katz, who went on to do the American um, uh, Hero. American Hero. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, her name escapes me at the moment, but uh, I have a picture on her wall. Because 30 years later, she was in her 90s. She was signing uh, pictures at, at one of these, um, you know, old actors uh, events where they they sell their pictures and talk to people. And so I went up to her and. Uh, I had a picture of her and I in a big eight by ten frame. I said, "You remember this?" She went, "Oh my God, Larry, how are you?" You know, she just uh, was really a wonderful person and loved to talk to me. And but uh, she was much more friendly. Uh, you know, she that, wasn't. Uh, I, yeah. I believe you're talking about Barbara Hale. Barbara Hale, that's the one. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not in front of my computer right now, so I can't cheat. But. Uh, you know, I've worked with so many of uh, these uh, A-listers and stuff over the year, 40-year career, and uh, I just kind of I fade out sometimes. And I've got pictures on my wall, and I'd have to get the picture and look at behind it, see who it was. But uh, she was a sweetheart. And uh, so I worked with both Perry. I worked with uh, Del- uh, oh, Barbara Hale and her, her son, William Catt. And uh, also, I worked more than one one uh, movie. They, by the time they got to Denver, they were doing the uh, movie of the week type thing. It wasn't a series per se. It wasn't like a continuous uh, thread. You know, you have to wait till next week to see what's happening. But it was uh, kind of a movie. Uh, they were doing TV movies of the week. And uh, so I got to work with um, some real uh, stars like um, uh, Gene Barry, um, the, the worked in Spartacus, uh, and um, then another Gene Berry who was in uh, Bat Masterson, that Gene Berry, uh-huh. yep. and, and, uh, and then I worked with uh, some of the others. Uh, the, he went on to do the uh, that, that beach movie, um, David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. So uh, yeah, he told me, yeah. Anyway, but uh, it was a lot of fun but working with these guys. Well, I, you know, I dropped the ball because he said, when you come to Hollywood, look me up. And then he had the series. I couldn't even contact him at all, get through production. So I came to Hollywood in 89. But <laughs> I have some really interesting stories to tell if you want to hear them about how well, I yeah, broke in. Yeah, we're definitely going to. 
we're, we're definitely going to touch on all that. Uh, we have G. Larry Butler as our guest here. we got about uh, 23 minutes here with uh, Mr. Butler. Now, one individual I want to introduce you to, uh, her name is Granny Hawkster, and uh, I know that uh, you've been involved in a lot of projects that she would love to ask you about, like, for instance, Father Dowling Mysteries. You were involved in that. And oh, you're, yeah. also in, you're also in Rocky Four. Or I mean Rocky right. Five. I'm sorry, and uh, you've been yeah. in you've been in also National Lampoon's Blind Date, uh, Doc Hollywood yeah. with Michael J. Fox. You've been in Hook with uh, Dustin Hoffman. Oh, Robin Williams, uh, Dustin and Hoffman. Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you have, you've been side-by-side side with a lot of Granny's favorites. So, Granny, what do you have for our guest, G. Larry Butler? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on tonight. Yeah, thank Excuse you. Me. Um, I sounds like you have worked with a lot of talented actors throughout your career. I've been I very mean, fortunate. You, have, you know, there's a lot of luck involved, Yeah. Yeah. If you could have, like, any kind of dream opportunity, who would your favorite actor or actress that you would want to work with that maybe you've never had the opportunity to get to work with, and what kind of movie and why? Oh, gee, that's a great question. Um, Let me think. Uh, Who haven't I worked with that I really love to work with? well, Anthony Hopkins, he's my all-time favorite actor, uh, quite a brilliant person. And uh, I, I've seen all his movies and, you know, and, and or Jackie Gleason, which is too late, of course. But he was my all-time favorite actor. And I'll tell you a story in a little while about how I broke into Hollywood imitating Jackie Gleason. And uh, people of that ilk, I guess. Um, and I, my roots are in comedy. I'd love to do another comedy. Now I'm doing horror almost exclusively, and I, it seems like I painted myself into a corner and I can't get out of it. You know, you, they stereotype you like, oh, you do horror. So, and that was hard to do. I had to, hard to break into horror because I was stuck in comedy because I was very overweight and I was funny looking and I acted silly and people would just take one look at me. Oh, you do comedy. I resented the hell out of that. So, but anyway, so... I finally got a big break, and I, uh, and somebody saw uh, the the horror in my eyes. I guess you know, my, I've, I've got kind of crazy eyes when I want to, and so they cast me in something called Downsized, and about a guy who kills everybody with an axe in his office because they make fun of him. And I grew up being made fun of, you know, in, in grammar school and high school, and so I could relate to that quite easily. So that's uh, kind of why I became an actor, so I could wear other people's skins. But uh, anyway, um, so did I answer your questions? Yes, you did. Thank you. Okay. Oh, uh, Larry Butler is our guest here. We have uh, 18 minutes. Now, you mentioned that uh, you're a horror film guy, and as a matter of fact, I was going to ask you, according to IMDB, where we get most of our information from our guests, at least our producer does, you got 33 upcoming projects that are listed here. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to ask you about uh, if that's actually accurate. Do you actually have 33 projects that you're either involved in or working on or completed? Well, most of them have been completed. They just haven't been, uh, you know, finished. 
So that's they're like in post production. Sometimes that takes about a year, you know, at least six months. But that that's why that's and then the, some of them are probably never never will come out. I've had some major disappointments. One of them, I actually wrote a scene. I asked to be in it, and he said, "Well, I don't can't pay you, but you can fly back here, and you know, if you can write uh, write your part, I'll put you in the movie." So I did that. And after I finished with it, uh, he said, you know, uh, you scared the heck out of all of us. And uh, we just had goosebumps and it, it was just amazing. So after they, they didn't uh, release the, the movie, but they, gave, they sent me my part, which is a six-minute part that I wrote about a Vietnam vet who's been put in a uh, maximum security prison for uh, insane, kind of an insane asylum. And uh, the reason they do that is not that he did anything Terrible. Well, he did actually, but uh, but to to, to uh, conceal the truth, so the American public would not know the truth. And he got it out to a group of reporters who were doing a documentary in the prison, and it's called uh, Terror at um, uh, Crimson Creek. And you can go to my IMDb page. You're probably looking at it now. There's a little box with a man with messed up hair and a brown shirt. If you click on that, at your convenience, you'll see. The, the most riveting portrayal of a madman you've ever seen. That's my, my favorite thing I've ever done. That's probably my best, the best performance in my life. And so, uh, unfortunately, nobody else has seen it. Pardon? Yeah, Butler's our guest. We've got about 17 minutes here with our man. Now, uh, Nightmare, I know that you love horror films, so uh, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Well, yes, I will start. As been paid for by the New World Order. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel and honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias here. Welcome on to my part of the program. Uh, my main question to you would actually be, uh, you know, as you go throughout life, people will ask this question. Uh, they'll ask it to athletes or to wrestlers or to whoever, actors, directors, whatever, uh, they'll ask the question of who is your hero or one of your main influences. And a lot of people give out a varied answer. Now, who would you say is uh, your hero slash one of your main, uh, one of your main uh, influences going into the career choice that you did that influenced the rest of your life? Um, you're talking to me now, right? Okay. Absolutely. Um, that was but, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. I wasn't sure. Jackie Gleason, number one. And because I kind of look like him, and I was rotund, and uh, I was kind of goofy, and I used to watch the Honeymooners a lot and imitate them, and I had it down. So the first time I came to Hollywood from Denver was 1989. There was a guy, uh, no, I'm sorry, it was a little later than that, actually. Uh, but uh, his name was William Winkler. He was casting a movie called Double the Avenger. It's about a woman who fights crime with a certain part of her anatomy I don't think we should discuss, but um, I played her nemesis, was Al Purplewood, and so they wanted a Jackie Gleason uh, type, and I thought, my God, that's perfect, because I love, I, I don't have any chance of getting this, but, because everybody in town was up for the role, but I'll, I'll go after it, and uh, so it's Purplewood, so I dressed in purple, you know, always dressed for success, I went in there, and just before we began, I threw the script up in the air like John Madden used to do because I uh, imitated as broadcaster too. And, 
and I started my scene, and uh, the director, William Winkler, started laughing so hard, he fell over in his chair. And I went over to, to help him up, and he said, you are the funniest son of a gun I've ever met in my life. I got two guys coming for callbacks tomorrow, but the hell with them. You got the part. And so that's how I started my big career in Hollywood. But, you know, it was uh, a lot of fun work. And we went on to do 40 projects together, uh, a lot of them anime, but two features. <clears throat> and so Jackie Gleason is my number one idol. And then, of course, Anthony Hopkins, too, uh, for, for more serious work. But Jackie was great at, at, at drama, too. And I thought, hell, if he can do it, I can do it, too. So I went on, uh, and my, you know, every comedian wants to do drama. They want to know, uh, you know, they want other people to think they can do all of it, not just some of it. And uh, so I scratched that itch. And so now I'm in horror movies. I do comedic horror movies, but I also do straight drama and horror as well. So anyway, I got, got my wish. Okay, cool. Now, with that being said, we have uh, G. Larry Butler as our guest here. we got 13 minutes. Now, for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Ken's FM page like that. You automatically can qualify to win an autographed picture or some form of memorabilia from one of our future guests, past guests, or current guests. And, uh, Mr. Butler, would you be willing to send, uh, send us a few autographs for giveaways? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Send, yeah, great. Yeah, I will. I will send. I will send you the information on uh, Facebook Messenger. Now, one thing I've, I've always wanted to know. You know, you've done a lot of stuff. We talked about for the the small screen and the big screen. What, do you have a preference whether you do something for television or for the big screen? No, I always give a hundred percent, no matter what. Uh, you know, I taught acting for a while. I told my students uh, never fake it. You know, a lot of actors walk through their roles. And I just memorize the lines and, and don't really give much real emotion. I said, never fake it. Feel it. Because the audience will pull back from you. You know, if you're emotionally constipated, people are going to back up and they're not going to believe you. You've got to be believable. So it doesn't matter what I'm doing, whatever venue, whatever genre, I, I give all of it. It's all real emotion. I scare other actors, actually, because I warn them ahead of time. You know, I'm not going to fake anything. So if I'm angry at you, I'm going to get in your face and you're going to feel it. And so they have no choice but to react in a real way as well. So that benefits all of us. So, but, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm 10 feet tall or, you know, three inches tall on a cell phone. I'm going to give everything I've got. And, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, you mentioned how you said you look like Jackie Gleason. Has anybody ever told you that you look like Leslie Jordan? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Leslie Jordan? Yeah. Um, no. No. I, uh, no. I'm sorry. I don't. But uh, I'll have to look them up. But I, I, the person I look the most like, and you're not going to believe this, but have you ever seen uh, uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" with Jimmy Stewart? And yes. uh, You know, after he jumps off the bridge, tries to kill himself, and he rescues. He's rescued by an angel. His name was Henry Travers. It's his real name. I look exactly like him, except he has a bigger nose. So I uh, have done several things because of that man. Nobody, you have to look him up. Henry Travers, look him up. He started uh, acting at 50-something, and he went into his 90s as an actor. Got a late start, later than me, and uh, amazing resemblance. So I've got several things I've done because of his. 
uh, the people that, that, that know, you know, people like him. But otherwise, nobody knows who I am. I've tried to enter these look-alike contests and enter his name, and people go, who? <laughs> but anyway, so that's the one I look most like. Uh, when I have a mustache, sometimes for a role, people say, you look like somebody, and I always get somebody different. So anyway, but when I was heavy, I was, uh, you know, looked more like Jackie Gleason, I guess, but now I don't. I lost a lot of weight. Well, with that, with all that being said, uh, Mr. Butler, I'm just kind of curious. With all these, uh, with all these different projects that you got coming out, and you said you mentioned that some might not be complete, some might not be released. How do they let you know that you? Let's say you you put in, I don't know, maybe a week, week and a half, two weeks on the set, then they call you and say, "We're not going to release the film." How do you react to that? I'm very disappointed, um, and there's not not a lot you can do, um, but uh, especially the independents, you know, uh, if they're a studio film, of course, you know, they they'll, they'll finish it or do something, unless it's from dire emergency. But um, I am I'm upset, of course, and uh, but I don't, you know, hold grudges and you know resent them till I till the death and all of that. I just I move on. It's another adventure, but I just. You know, I just like, sometimes I ask them, can I at least get my part? Can you send me a little clip? And they, most of the time they'll do it. But I'm talking about um, things in the past. Not so much now. I'm still waiting, though. Still waiting. It's been about a year for some of them. And they said, well, it's because Lionsgate bought it, and then they're, they're tweaking it here and there and, you know, this and that. But sometimes there's a fight between the editor and, or the director and the executive uh, producer, and they'll uh, they 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 fight so much and so long that people like Lionsgate will back out, even though they they wanted to buy the film. So there goes that. And they do release it a lot of times, but on a very weak platform, uh, you know, so it's like Tubi or something like that. But uh, and then nobody ever sees it. But uh, so I I don't know. I I just wish that people would honor their commitments, but uh, they don't all do it. Now, the ones that you spoke of, there's just about three or four out of that 30 that, that probably will never come out. But the rest of them, they'll come out. It's just <laughs> it's going to take a while. I just I don't know why that is. But it's a, a, apparently above my pay grade because uh, nobody confides in, a, in an actor. So, and and, you know, just, and with, that, with that being said, I'm just kind of curious. You know, you said that, you know, you'll ask them to send you, you know, your part uh, so you can add it to, like, your your reel or whatever. But let's say right. that they complete the film and they don't release it. Would you be entitled to ask them for the for the, the movie, even though they, they're not going to release it, or would, they not, or would they not be able to do that? I have gone after these directors uh, just, just for the sake of, Come on, give me a break. Give me an IMDb credit for it. And they won't even do that. I had to buy one of my films from Russia. They sold it to Russia. This is back in the early 90s. And I never got the, you know, I had to buy my own film I, several times. I had to do that to even get a, you know, piece of it. So I'm used to doing whatever it takes. And I'm kind of a hustler. Not as much as I used to because I'm getting older, but. I, I used to just, you know, really be very aggressive about trying to get my stuff. I mean, that at least give me that. Every actor deserves the film, you know, if you don't pay them or whatever. But so, 
Yeah, I I'm still waiting for some of them, and the people disappear. So no, but, another thing it, that it's you're it's pretty good at. Another good thing that you're pretty good at. You, you like to either read poems or write poems, don't you? You won an award for some of those. Oh yeah, I have a book out called Here Lies Madness. Um, I got scammed because it was uh, ex Libras. I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell tales here because I don't care at this point. Uh, they I I I they they helped me uh, publish it, and they're scam artists. And so they uh, <clears throat> they actually uh, put it on Amazon. I told them I was going to do it. And they said, "Oh, that's fine." Well, they beat me to it, and so they have control of it. They were getting fourteen dollars. I was getting seventy five cents for every book that Amazon published. So finally, I took it away from them. And tried to get a literary attorney, and I couldn't do it. Uh, it was just too hard. So it, it was too too small potatoes for him. So that I finally just gave up, and uh, I pulled it. So now I just sell copies of people want to just give them away. And you know I've got uh, you know uh, a lot of them in my closet. But I'm gonna I'm still working on a, a, a chance to get back either with Book Baby or Amazon or one of the other you know uh, venues. And, and see if I can get it out there again because it's probably the best thing I've ever written. You know, these poems, they're not like for the everyday person. They're not like hearts and flowers and butterflies. They're like horror poems because I used to be a sociologist and a social worker, and I used to interview the, my clients who were, you know, kind of out there. And so they're, they're perspectives. So it's not my particular uh, perspective, but I'm just voicing them. So it's uh, not for the timid. It'll chill your very soul. And so I've gotten some very good reviews for it. And uh, so they thank me for turning the log of the society over and stirring up what they find with a stick. So <laughs> I am a writer, and I'm writing another book uh, all about uh, different kinds of monsters. Uh, some some monsters are everyday type that you'd never suspect. And so it's going to be a book of short stories. And uh, so that's my next project. But uh, anyway, I love to write. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, I understand if you, you turned me down for this. You know, I'd ask, you know, if you could send a few uh, autographs. But, you know, you mentioned that you have a whole closet full of those books. Would you uh, maybe be willing to send us a couple of those autographs that we could give away so we can uh, give you some more room yeah. in your closet? I'd be kind. I'd be uh, more than happy to. Um, so I'll do that. Yeah. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm uh, glad. It's very happy to see you do that for me. Thank you. And you well, know, well, definitely. Um, like and when I have yeah. my that that me and my wife just uh, bought a house when we start our, our book club, that's the first book I'm going to use in our book club and uh, have a little book talk about your poems. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I could set up something for you. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But I've got awesome. lots of them. Yeah, so. Cool. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, G. Miller Butler's our guest here. We've got about uh, three minutes left with uh, Mr. Butler. Are you asking me it? what name I go by? It's like, uh, it's Larry. Just call me Larry. Larry. Uh, I gotcha. just go by G. Larry. It's my stage name. It sets me apart. For There's five other Larry Butlers in the business, and I don't want to be lumped with them, so I have to set myself apart. And uh, just don't call me late for dinner. So everybody knows. Uh, well, you know, the, you know uh, Larry, the difference between them and you, you're the best one. 
<laughs> Thank you. Well, that's sweet of you to say that. But I, I do my very best. So I just uh, I keep keep trying, and I always give 110 percent. So. Well, you know, anyway, I tell you what, we do. We do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Unfortunately, we only got two minutes left with you. I wish it were two more years. But if our fans want to check you out and see you, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Uh, right now, I'm on Facebook, and I'm public, so anybody can talk to me. But if you want to friend me, that's fine. And I'm also at uh, G-E-E, that's G-E-E, Larry, L-A-R-R-Y, 64, at gmail.com. So that's and, pretty much my name, uh, G. Larry, with, with two E's, so G-E-E, and then Larry, and then 64, because I stopped having birthdays after 64. <laughs> kind of like and Jack, you know, yeah, kind of like Jack Benny with thirty nine. I'm sixty four, so forever. <laughs> and we we have about sixty seconds with you. I'll let you know that because you've been on this show, you're gonna your inbox and friends requests are gonna be flooded because everybody's gonna want to talk to you because you're on the show with us. And we do appreciate everything that you do, sir, and we want to thank you for being with us. I I originally oh, started talking you. to you last. Uh, if you remember, I originally started talking to you last October. And we finally got it done. We finally got you on the air with us. Yes, thank you. Thank you for staying with me. Yeah, I've been really busy lately in the last couple of years. I've been over 24 different films. It's like back-to-back. Sometimes it's four in a row. It's just amazing. You know, I'll stare at the wall for two months, and then I get four. Boom, 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 boom. It's crazy. It's, it's business. So, anyway, that's, that's why awesome. I started writing the books, you know. I thought, i got to do something while I'm waiting. And uh, so, anyway, but... Uh, yeah, it was great. Thank you very much for having me. We love you. We love you, Larry. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night. We appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Okay. Thanks a lot. Take care. All Bye-bye. right. G. Larry Butler, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that was a fun interview, wasn't it? Uh, we learned a few things. Indeed. All right. It looks like our next guest is waiting in the wings, so we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll take a timeout, and we'll be back after these messages with our next guest. So stick with us. The new Richmond Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Which makes Sweets of Fargo rated 4.2 by TrustScore. And Which makes Sweets is a great place to stay. I know. I used to work there, so it's a fun place. They, the rooms are immaculate. So if you want a home away from home, Which makes Sweets of Fargo is a place to go. So stepping out of the green room right now, she could tell us you can't do that on television, but you can do it on the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our next guest. She is Abby Hagyard. Hey there. This is Abby Hagyard, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live on 89.9 Cam's FM with your hosts, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. So how are you, Abby? Good to have you. <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. What a, what a, what a pleasure to uh, be talking to Fargo. My goodness. Here I am in well, Ottawa, I, Canada. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. i got to play this real quick. Okay. <laughs> 
uh, for those of you who don't know, that was the theme song to You Can't Do That on Television. Was that your first gig? No, gosh, no, no. I um, <clears throat> I was in the business for, for quite a while before that, um, and and I, I sort of stumbled backwards and sideways onto that show. They had um, the very lovely and talented Ruth Buzzy on the show for the first year, and then they realized that the kids uh, were the popular element on the show. They didn't need to bring in an American at, at all that extra cost. So they did a season with no mom, with no female adult. And then Nickelodeon said, everybody's wondering how come, like, is dad a widower or what's going on? And so they auditioned me. And um, and the, the funny thing is that uh, I didn't get the part because I was talented. I got the part because the producer was completely fixated on my car. <laughs> so so you had like a you had like a 57 Chevy convertible or what? I I had a I had a Volkswagen thing. Wow. <laughs> you still have it? Do you know what a Volks Do you know what a Volkswagen thing is? <laughs> I'm going to look it up. You still have it? Uh no, no unfortunately it uh <clears throat> it went the way of all of all good things. It rusted to death. So Volkswagen thing was a a, a Jeep made out of corrugated metal. And and it um, had as its original fame, it was the the German military troop jeep during the war. And our producer was British, and he had a lot of uh, um, you know holdover memories about um, Germany and the war. And so when I pulled up at the studio in that car, he was fixated on it. And when we went to the lunch to, before the audition, and during the lunch, and after the lunch. All he talked about was that car and the war. And so when we got back to the studio, he looked at his watch and he said, well, I, I've run out of time. Thank you very much. I have to go now. And, and I said, uh, it, uh, what about the audition? And he said, what for? <laughs> Which, you know, actors are a little, a little uh, insecure. And I said, uh, uh, for you can't do that on television? You're uh, casting for the mom? And he said, what? Oh, oh, yes, that. Um, do you smoke? And I said, no. He said, all right, you're hired. <laughs> wow. Now, I know. We're, we're going to talk. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's it's the craziest thing. Um, that he didn't really uh, consider that I would be bad. He just assumed I would be fine. And so I I didn't go in with any preconceived ideas. I <laughs> just couldn't figure out why I was there, and I, he just didn't want me to get in the way. He said he said two things. He said, there's only two rules. Don't upstage the children and never look at the camera. So if you've ever seen the show, I spent I 10 years upstaging the children and looking at the camera, of course. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we have... Uh... Uh, we have uh, Abby uh, Hegyard as our guest here. We are on 89.1 Kids FM. We've got about uh, 25 minutes here. Uh, well, here's what we're going to do here. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me. And uh, I, I know that you don't want to spend all your time talking about you can't do that on television, but I will say this. It was my childhood. That's back when Nickelodeon was Nickelodeon. And I'll explain to you how watching your show got me grounded more times than I like to admit. <laughs> I know exactly why you got grounded. <laughs> but what, 
we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, before we uh, before we uh, ask you the tougher question, like I'm going to do, let's uh, introduce you uh, to uh, some of the some of the uh, projects that you've done. I want to have Granny ask a few questions. Uh, you've been involved with the Care Bears, which yes. is you were a friend bear, wish bear, and love a lot bear. Yes, sir. Uh, you were also involved in the adventures of Teddy Ruxpin. You were on Dennis the Menace. You, you've done a lot of stuff with the Care Bears, and uh, you've also done a lot of stuff uh, with the cartoon. I believe it's for better or for worse. Is that correct? Yes, it's a Canadian Canadian series. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and we're we're going to ask you all about uh, that. But Granny, uh, we have a few minutes here before we have to uh, do our legal stuff. So, what do you have for our guest? She is Abby Hagyard. What do you have? Go ahead, Granny. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. It Thank sounds you. like you are a woman with many talents. Um, I mean, just listening to you talk about your career and everything that you've done. And she's a fiery redhead, too. <laughs> what has been one of your most, I'll say, I'll ask, interesting challenges that you had to face throughout your career? And you can't say the show because that'd be too easy. I, you know, I think the most interesting challenge, Granny, is is that um, it's a cliche, uh, for sure. Um, it, it partly you're you're only as good as your last show, uh, and the reason that that's a challenge is that at a certain point in time you can't keep doing remakes of your last show. You have to. Find a way to reinvent yourself, and the and the really big hurdle in that is that if you become famous for something, it's it's like a relationship that you have with your fans. If you change in a in a significant way, the fans feel like you're breaking up with them because they loved you for the thing you did. Even if they know you can't keep doing the thing you did. They don't really want you to change. So the, the challenge is to change in a way that doesn't feel like you're abandoning the reason they loved you. And that is a very delicate dance. Well, yeah, that's very interesting because, I mean, I'm no actress or anything. I mean, but I am a big, huge, you know, wrestling fan. I That's kind of where the Granny Hulkster gimmick came into play. And because I holler at the bad guys, I don't like the bad guys at wrestling shows. And the promoters, <laughs> they love because I help get the crowd going. I mean, I have had promoters thank me for coming to their shows and you know helping you know get the crowd excited, you know, and everything. Because you know these bad guys, they sit there and tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip, or don't you have a curfew at the nursing home and. You know, and I just get right back in their face. You know, and I, oh, I mean, I've always fun. been a wrestling, I've always been a wrestling fan, but it's yeah. kind of interesting when you were talking about that because I was on a program um, with the general manager of Classic Championship Wrestling and our head referee, and we had their first debut show this past Saturday. And I said, you know, I've always been a wrestling fan, but I said when I became Granny, the whole scenario just like became so different for me because, you know, the promoters, they really get me involved in the show or they'll have me do something or or be a part of it somehow, some way. And I guess 
you could say, yeah, I'm, I'm an actor in that or an actress in that way, you know, because I have a character. But it's it's kind of funny because listening to you talk, you know, because the fans, I mean, the fans, the wrestlers, their spouses, their kids, they all call me Granny. I mean, I they don't call me by my real name. They all call me Granny. And, you know, I've had so many people, you know, like, oh, Granny, you need to turn heel. And I'm like, no, I'm not turning heel. It's not going to happen. I said, do you know if Granny turned heel, what those fans, it, it would, like, shock the whole entire fan base of wrestling fans because, you know, they'll you know what's Granny interesting? Heel. I'm sorry to cut you off, Granny, but you know oh, what's no, interesting no, okay. about, about that dilemma that you've got is mm-hmm. that, if you can find a way to introduce something that is still the essential granny, but mm-hmm. there's an element of surprise in it, not necessarily mm-hmm. the things that they're, they're egging you on to do, but what it mm-hmm. does is it keeps, it, it keeps you fresh and it keeps them wondering what you're going to come up with next. And it keeps, it keeps you more than two-dimensional. The, the, the trouble with fame is that it flattens you. It, it mm-hmm. all, people only know you for one thing, and so they know they know what to expect when they see you, and they know what to expect when when they hear you, and they don't really want to expect anything else. And I always think that our job as the entertainer is to keep them on their toes, and and yeah. in some way add little elements to what's what they expect of you. Well, you know, the, big, the, the big issue for anybody oh, who yeah. is called granny is that is that you you don't have you don't have a lot of um, width to go. You there, you don't have a lot of alternatives unless you think of crazy things that grannies do, and then you see if you if you think of things that grannies do, it, irrespective of wrestling, and you introduce those things, suddenly granny's got a whole new sideline to her. And they'll still love you as a granny because you're still doing what grannies do. It's a very well, challenging you know, thing. Yeah, my my granny character, and I, and, you know, and my, my I had a former coworker give me this name, the Granny Hulkster. I said, why? And he said, because you love wrestling. And I don't know where the granny, you know. And I never thought it would stick. I mean, I honestly, I thought you're absolutely nuts. This is this is never going to last. And almost. 30 plus years later, I'm still Granny Holkster, you know, <laughs> at the wrestling shows. But I mean, I I still throw out. I mean, I still I still throw out a lot of per- surprises, you know, to the wrestlers, to the fans, because I'm always having to stay one step ahead of these guys or the women, the female wrestlers, because I never know what they're going to say to me. So it's kind of like I just I've always got to be on top of my toes because I never know what they're going to say to me or do. So I'm always the best of be improv. It's the best of improv. That's the that's the best. Yep. Uh, Abby Hagyard is our guest here. Uh, we need to take a quick little time out here. We'll be right back. We just need to take a quick little ten second break, and we'll be right back. So stick with us. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. 
And we are back here on 89.1 Kansas FM. We have our guest. We have Abby Hagelin. And we have, well, we have a good amount of time. We've got 15 minutes. Now, I'm going to introduce you, Abby, to a – he's a little younger. Uh, he's not in my Nickelodeon generation, but he is the modern nightmare Matthias. Matthias, what do you got? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, <laughs> North Dakota's number one heel and honorary member of the new an honorary member of the new world order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. Now, my main question for you would be, as I said this with my last guest. Um, Every so often when you do an interview and you get asked a question, one of these would come up, such as, who is who is your hero or one of your biggest influences? And, and everybody, whether it be directors, actors, athletes, whatever, will always give a, a varied answer from their father to a, to a fellow actor, whatever the case would be. What was, uh, who was one of your main influencers uh, growing up, and who would you declare as one of your uh, heroes that helped you uh, influence your life and the career choice that you made? I don't know that you're going to be ready for this answer. <laughs> um, my first full-time job, I worked in the advertising offices of Playboy magazine in New York, and I would say that the most impactful, influential individual I ever met professionally was Hugh Hefner. He has, to me, always been the smartest marketing man I ever met or ever read about or ever watched on any platform that I could find. And um, his brilliance in bringing a magazine out of nothing and turning it into a global phenomenon was a a pure strategy, uh, and it is something that you can duplicate across any industry. It has nothing to do with naked women. It has everything to do with the psychology of popularity and fame. And um, he wrote the book on it. And uh, one day when, uh, when I got to meet him and he explained to me what it was that he did and what he believed, he said, if you understand that people want to feel important. They want to feel popular. They want to feel safe. They want to feel valued. They want to feel essential. And they gravitate to famous people because that's what those people look like to them. And he said, if you can understand that and you find something that people see in you, you just find brand new ways to do it over and over again, and they will never leave you. That's the most powerful wow. thing anybody ever said to me career-wise, and it has never failed me. Interesting. Makes sense. I know. That, that, yeah. that, is, very, that is very inspirational. I never, ever thought that I'd hear that from somebody from, uh, you can't do that on television. Uh, <laughs> from but, uh, mom? <laughs> I'll tell you something else that's, that's very interesting very quickly. Um, affiliate marketing is when you associate one brand with another. Right, you you piggyback on the popularity or the or the reach of a of a of a pre-established brand, and what Hefner did when he started Playboy magazine, he he reversed it. The the Playboy name, he was referring to the returning war heroes from World War II, and he wanted a magazine that reflected the 
the global, the sophistication, the, you know, I've given everything and now I deserve everything kind of guy. And when he went out to the big name, the big A-list advertisers, he said, you need to be in this magazine because this is the new, this is the new key market. And they all agreed. Um, and they all said, here's our logo and here's our slogan. And he said, thank you for the logo. I won't be using your slogan. I'm going to be using my slogan. And they laughed at him because he was a nobody. And one of them said, and what's your slogan? And he was talking to the manufacturer of a very famous scotch. And Hess said, the Playboy man drinks this scotch. And there was a wow. silence. I know, right? And the guy said, you're right. We'll go with your slogan. And it's famous. <laughs> when, you, when you look through the old magazines, it was the Playboy man eats, drinks, drives, smokes, thinks, wears, whatever. And it was that affiliate marketing. He turned the no-name new guy into the lion and had all of the big A-list advertisers being the, the backup name in the ad, and it worked. Isn't that genius? Yeah, did you let him drive your Volkswagen? <laughs> you, know, have, you have no idea how hard I wanted to get a chance to be on that airplane of his. It didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, Abby Hagard is our guest here. We've got about uh, 10 minutes. Now, uh, like I say, I know that uh, I, I, I do have a lot of questions to ask you about. You can't do that on television. We'll, we'll, we can talk about your other projects, too. Uh, I, I just want you to indulge me for a few minutes on these questions. With, with that being said, and, uh, of course, Matthias, he's not going to like me for admitting this, but he actually, his favorite caregiver is actually uh, the law of, Friends Bear and the Wish Bear. So uh, you play the Care Bears that he loves. He, he won't admit that, but I figured I'd let him let you know that. Well, that is that is wonderful. You know, the, the thing about Wish the thing about Wish Bear was uh, Wish Bear was a little girl who was wistful, and Love a Lot Bear was of course just adorable. The thing that I loved most about Friend Bear, uh, we decided that Friend Bear was a little boy, and he was a very small, very determined, extremely clumsy superhero. <laughs> so when you <laughs> to give him personality, right? So when you listen to the, um, the 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 early bits that had Friend Bear, Friend Bear was always falling and getting stuck and hurting himself and saying things like, you know, I'll save you, ow, in a minute, I'm stuck. And and so it gave the cartoonists and it gave the scriptwriters a lot of other layers to to play with. So he's my favorite bear, and I'm really glad that Matthias is fond of friend bear too <laughs> yeah the other thing about friend bear you mentioned how he he's a superhero and he likes to fall down and stuff kind of sounds like uh, matthias his former manager but we'll talk about that later uh, <laughs> uh, uh we have uh, abby as our guest here now i want i do want to ask you a, a few things about you can't do that on television because that was part of my childhood back when nickelodeon was nickelodeon i i remember i used to get grounded for watching you can't do that on television i used to get uh grounded for watching out of control uh as a matter of fact we had uh marty ship as, as a guest here uh, about a year ago uh and he actually apologized for how many times that uh he got me grounded now you kind of got me grounded a lot too but the the cool thing is about that is it it was it was groundbreaking for the time, and it's just sad that Nickelodeon is not like that anymore. You know, I think the um, I, I think the problem with programming 
is that fundamentally the decisions are made by adults who've forgotten what it was like when they were kids, when they were kids, how they felt when they were kids. And they make decisions. uh, And, of course, there's always a lot of money at stake. And so decisions in television and film and all that, it's all about the bottom line, and, and everybody understands that. But the the thing that was groundbreaking um, for us with You Can't Do That is that we didn't teach the kids, we didn't preach to the kids, we didn't uh, set them up to be anything other than who they really were. I mean, we used their real names. You know, if if one of the kids was clumsy, if one of the kids was a bully, if one of the kids was a know-it-all, then that's who they were on the show. And And as a result of that, and the really exceptional writing and the coaching, the the coach was brilliant. The kids were absolutely themselves. No matter what situation they were put in, they they responded honestly and authentically as themselves. And I think that's why um, it worked. They, they weren't quote unquote acting; they were being real. And you know, the value of having Les Lie, the brilliant Les Lie, and me there is that we were the kind of actors who could provide a safe space for the kids. It it didn't matter what the kids did, we could fix it. And uh, the writing was so tight, the the jokes were so clear, and our director and and the props guys and the special effects guys and girls, we made the show into something that the kids themselves, our, our actors, had so much fun doing that I think it translated very clearly uh, through the camera. And I think what you were watching was so real that um, it, it, it succeeded in spite of everybody's expectations because people didn't realize how hungry kids were for programming that was directed to them. And, and I don't know why they're, they're missing that now. Every time I watch a kid's show now, I'm thinking, oh, God, what we need is a different coach and some better acting and some better writing because they're, it's, it's overdone. It's overdone and it's, uh, it's exhausting. Now, do you ever uh, turn on Paramount Plus and uh, watch yourself on TV? <laughs> I don't have to, hon. I can watch me on YouTube. <laughs> Every episode <laughs> of that show is on YouTube. That character, that hopeless mom, will never die. <laughs> I get to see that decision I made till the end of time. <laughs> now, did you ever get slimed? Yes, twice. Um, and the problem with the problem with it was that yeah, when when the kids were slimed, all all of the kids' outfits they they had doubles of the outfits, and so. You slime the kid, the kid goes and has a shower, and they redo the makeup, and the clothing goes into the wash, and they just put on the identical clean, dry outfit. Um, the mom costume was a one-off. I bought it. I found it. And so if you slimed me, we were done for the day. And that wig that I was wearing was a very, very uh, crazy wig. It it would not have reacted well to the uh, the ingredients of the slime. So I didn't actually get slimed as mom until I think it was the final season, and we knew the show was not coming back. And it was it was it was uh, sad that it did not uh, return. Uh, Abby uh, Hagyard is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kent FM. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page like that, go to eighty nine point one Kent FM Facebook page like that, do a ten dollar month donation, Paula Tower, we'll get you automatically qualified to win a autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, future guest. Uh, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? I would be delighted. 
Awesome. Now we 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 still got we still got a few more minutes here. We got about uh, four minutes here with you. Now, on that show, like I say, there my mom used to just revolt when I would watch that show, and she said, "You are not watching that show." Uh, and one thing that my mom does not know is I was one of the few kids on the neighborhood that actually knew how to program the VCR to record. So what I would do is I would record the show. And every time my mom and I were home together, I would put the tape in and I'd play it. And she said, why is that show on every time? What does, does it ever take a break? I'm like, no, this is Nickelodeon. They have a 24-hour marathon, of which they didn't. But Did you know, by the way, that the reason we became such a big hit was that when Nick uh, licensed us, they turned around and sub-licensed the show to the U.S. Armed Forces Network, and we were broadcast twice a day, seven days a week in every military base around the world. I did not know that. That is awesome. Yeah, so all those kids who then came home when their when their moms and dads had completed their tours of duty, they all came home addicted to the show and told all their friends. That's why Nickelodeon suddenly became such a, a huge hit. It, we, uh, Their decision to do that in the first place um, was... Uh, game-changing. I mean, we were viral before the word existed. Now, do you, do you miss the... Yeah, it is. Do you miss the fact that Nickelodeon is not that way anymore? Um, I miss I miss a lot of things about, about organizations that um, don't honor their contracts, and I miss a lot of decision-makers um, who... Uh, made purchases based on what they thought was quality entertainment and then eventually replaced by people who are more focused on the bottom line. But as I said, you know, the reality of show business is that it's a multi-trillion dollar business and, or, or bigger. And it, so that becomes the driver, right? It, it's, it's too bad, but it's not about the quality of the show. It's about what sells. And that's just the nature of the beast. And I think a lot of people get, you know, really wound up about it. And um, the, the beauty of the industry is that that's what indie productions are for, that people can pour their heart and soul into things that they, they want to create. And you just hope that you have the support from the community that, that, that knows where and how to go looking for you. That is awesome. Now we we only have we only have about sixty seconds left with you, Abby. But if our fans want to check you out and see, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I have Facebook and I have YouTube, and I do videos every Tuesday and Thursday morning at ten o'clock live, and uh, I talk about life. And uh, by the way, your previous guest has written some books. I've written a bunch of books. And I would be willing to donate one of my books. It's called Fame, the Collector's Edition. And in it, I have interviewed a whole lot of people from You Can't Do That on Television. I, we would love a copy of that. And uh, yep. before I give it away, I plan on reading it first. Well, I might have to send you two copies then. You can keep one. I appreciate that. But, you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, you have been uh, – you are my childhood uh, – not only was it you can't Thank do that you, on television. Thank you, dear. Yeah, I mean, you were my childhood. Uh, you're, you're lumped in with you, uh, Mr. Rogers, uh, Big Bird, and um, uh, the, 
Bozo the Clown, who's actually going to be on our show in about a month. So uh, I'll tell you what, Abby, we do appreciate it. And uh, we'd love to have you back on again because I do have uh, more uh, questions to ask you, like uh, what was it like being on the set with Alanis Morissette? Oh, my God, she is so much fun. And I, I just actually a couple of weeks ago had coffee uh, and spent about half a day uh, with her mom and dad. So it's um, – you know, I, I'm in touch with a lot of the kids. She she was an amazing performer. And uh, um, the the thing that's important, you know, when I was talking to Granny, I said the the, uh, the most important thing that people should keep in mind is that fame, being recognized for what you are and what you do, uh, is anything you want it to be. There are no limits. Um, you can change the nature of your fame, and you can become and grow and not feel... Uh, I, I what locked in to whatever it is you used to do. You know, and w- one other thing, Abby, I'll ask you before we uh, before our next guest is ready to go. You know, you mentioned that you're in contact with a lot of kids. You think you'd be able to hook us up with a few? Uh, if I <laughs> if I if I chat with you offline, see if you are. Uh, I've always wanted to have Moose on our show. Well, I can understand why she's my she's my first daughter. Of course, you would want to have her on the show, dear. <laughs> I we will That's... chat. We will definitely chat. I you know some of them are are keen, and some of them have just kind of moved on. But there's there's always a possibility, and I would love to be able to uh, to um, make that happen for you. And uh, lastly, before you go, you know one of my favorite lines that you always used to say on you can't do that on television. What's that? Uh, the kids always used to have a battle of uh, what TV program they're going to watch, and they're going to say, "You guys are going to watch those Duke boys." I and I, I fell in love with you then because you were a Duke's a Hazard fan too. <laughs> I'm very glad. And so, since you brought up an old line, I think probably we can I can end my part of this wonderful interview by saying, "Now, dear, there's only one question I need to ask: Are you wearing clean underwear?" I sure is. <laughs> this was fun I'm glad you invited me and I'd love to come back we will, we will definitely have you on again thanks Abby you are wonderful thank you for being with us we appreciate it oh me too have a good night alright Ab, Abby ladies and gentlemen uh, my part of my childhood uh, we have a next guest waiting in the wings but we need to take a quick little time out we'll be back after these messages so stick with us as you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle right now. She is beautiful. She's lovely. She's talented. She is Matar Paz. Hey, thank you so much. This is Matar Paz, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. 
Well, how are you, Matar? Good to have you with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great. And, how are you? And we actually booked you on the show about a year ago, so we appreciate uh, we, we were finally able to get connected and finally able to get this done. It's good to have you with us. We thank you. And we thank got, you. We got yeah, about, it was worth, worth the wait. <laughs> and we got about 37 minutes here with you, so we're going to have some fun. But first, uh, what we're going to do is I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But uh, before we do that, we'll have you give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll have some fun. Go ahead. Amazing, yeah. So um, a little bit of background about me is that I was born in Haifa, Israel, um, and I moved to the U.S., uh, specifically to L.A. about seven years ago now. Um, I started my acting journey in Israel where I uh, used to um, to act in a theater group in the Haifa Theater for five years, performed um, a lot of different theater shows in Israel, and then started getting more into film and television. Um, And after my Army service, I found myself, uh, decided to go on a little trip to L.A. to get some tools from the Hollywood experts and, uh, and, you know, fell in love with it, started working here, and also started writing my own... um, my own films, my own scripts, and also write, so writing, directing, acting, and yeah, did my full acting studies here, and it's been it's been a great journey so far. And uh, one of the reasons, one of the, the roles I do want to talk to you about, because I am kind of a comic book geek, and I have a friend that's going to listen to the show. You have also played Captain Marvel, have you not? Right. Yes. So I actually worked on, so I do a lot of comic cons too. So, um, but I started, I started in, um, in a web series where we, um, we kind of do our own version of, um, of, um, Captain Marvel. So I got to play Miss Marvel that kind of turned into Captain Marvel later was a web series called Black Spider-Man by the talented Derek Jeremiah Reed. Um, and, uh, I loved playing that character and then I started going, um, we have an improv group called comic book live. So we perform in a lot of comic cons all over, um, all over America. And, uh, I got to, um, I got to also wear my Captain Marvel outfits there. And some people would recognize me from the, from the web series. And, uh, we had some fans that loved the show. So, yeah, I love playing this character, and I think, you know, uh, we need more of these type of uh, female strong characters that inspire other um, other little girls and women to, you know, to to show example and, you know, show that women can be strong and powerful, too. You know, I'm going to ask you a few more questions, and we'll do the roundtable. And I, I, I'm not going to spend all the time talking about uh, the Marvel Universe, but... Playing Captain Marvel in the Black Spider-Man TV series, do you, do you uh, plan on uh, trying to get into some of the other Marvel films on the big screen? I'd love that. I mean, we already have one, uh, you know, one representative is, you know, Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman. So, yeah, you know, I'm hoping to follow her steps and uh, maybe to one day, you know, replace uh, Brie Larson and um, yeah, maybe you know, do Captain Marvel or there's a lot of other great characters that I love to play. I mean, of course, Wonder Woman is one of them, but uh, Harley Quinn, 
as a villain character is also a character that I would have loved to play. So, you know, who knows? But I definitely am a comic book geek and, you know, love the whole Marvel and DC universe. And um, and I get to go to a lot of cons. I actually just got back from the Phoenix Comic Con not too long ago. We were performing there. Um, we do a Star Wars musical that we've been doing for a few years now called La La Lando. So we just did that. Uh, at the Phoenix Comic Con and uh, and another show that um, there was like a James Bond parody, so yeah, I love I love Comic Cons and I love the you know the comic book superhero world. Um, I think you know in each one of us there is a little superhero, so why not you know use the opportunity to put on a costume and and really like you know enjoy that full experience. Uh, Mitar Paz, our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. we got about 32 minutes. Now, I want to introduce you to my first co-host. Her name is Granny Hulkster. Now, the thing about Granny is they could do a whole comic book about her. They could do a comic book series uh, of Granny Hulkster, and I know that she's going to ask you some advice on how to get in the pages of the comic book. So, Granny, what do you have? Go ahead. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on with us tonight. I can't um, imagine thank you so Granny much for being. Me. Oh, you're welcome. I can't imagine Granny being in a comic book. I mean, that's just beyond my uh, way of thinking. I mean, I don't think I don't I, I don't know what that would be like. So I would love to. Well, uh, <laughs> it would. It could be interesting. It could be interesting. It would have to be a wrestling <laughs> comic. But, Icon, it would have to be a, a professional wrestling comic book. I mean, that's all. It, it would have to be that kind of comic book. But, anyways, um, fun. yeah, it does. Um, what has been some of your most interesting challenges you've had in your career that you that you've been a part of that you've done? Uh, in terms, just some of the challenges I faced here specifically yeah, in yeah. LA or just like in general, some of yeah, the roles just, I just, just in general I mean whether it's a, a role that you've played or whatever I mean yeah I think um, I think first of all I would say the first challenge was completely starting uh, from scratch I would say I mean coming to a new country and um, you know my whole family is back uh, back home in Israel so I kind of started, I came to LA not knowing anyone. Um, and I think that was kind of hard in the beginning, just building my networks and starting to like to know people and uh, uh, making friends, uh, but slowly learning the industry uh, as someone that wasn't born here. Um, I think like learning, learning um, the industry and understanding it better. But then I feel like every role that I every role that I play bring different challenges that are mostly exciting. Um, but um, I had a movie that I actually shot in Chicago uh, a couple years ago, and it was <laughs> it was very intense. We it was a shark movie, and I did all of my own stunts, and we're in the water most of the day and I felt like Tom Cruise for some <laughs> for some moments uh but you know we had to um we had to deal with with you know I, I feel like acting is already a challenge of its own sometimes but adding the 
the challenges of swimming all day and uh, being in the mud and 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 having different weather that uh, rain sun, suddenly we had some rainy days in the lake and but just being like able to like swim all day and doing a lot of action stuff I really enjoyed it but uh, there were moments that it was like very intense physically um, and I just love that every role that I play uh, brings different challenges if there are emotional challenges or physical challenges and I embrace them all and you know they they teach me I learn something from every role I play, and um, and I'm grateful for it. That's awesome. Uh, we have uh, Matar Paz as our guest now. You, one thing I was going to ask you—you you know, you mentioned you're from Israel, correct? Uh, correct. Yes. Are, are you familiar with the one song uh, about Israel by Desmond uh, Decker? Which one? The uh, this one. <laughs> Have you ever heard that song before? I I don't think I have. Well, it's uh, well, not that you care, but it's one of my father's favorite songs. You mentioned that uh, you know you're you're from Israel, and I just like I wonder if she has heard of that song before. I just had to ask. Ah, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, uh, but Tara Paz is our guest here. Now, one thing I do want to ask, uh, introduce you to is uh, the modern Nightmare Matthias. He's kind of a, a comic book geek himself. Uh, he he can uh, be one in the ring. Uh, he also does his own stunts in the ring, like uh, taking uh, suplexes on, thumbtacks and everything. When he's in the ring, he doesn't really have a body double, so I'm going to introduce him now. I'm sure he's got some questions for you. He he likes all the Marvel stuff, so uh, I'm going to have him uh, ask you a few questions. And when you are ready, Matthias, uh, let's do your little quick introduction, and then uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll do this. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, former APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be BZW Tag Team, BZW Champion, and EWI Epic Champion, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. And he has no ego. Absolutely not. Uh, it, it's not an ego. It's self-confidence. That's what people need to understand. But anyway... Uh, my main part or my main question to you would be, and I've shared this with our few of our guests we've had tonight, because it's always one that it's always one that you get an interesting answer on. So, normally when people go on interviews, sometimes this question may arise, and uh, it, you can get varied answers depending on who you ask, whether it's an athlete, an actress, an actor, a wrestler, whatever the case may be. Who would you label as one of your main influences growing up that led you down the career path that you have, and who would you label as one of your quote-unquote heroes? Wow, um, that's a great question. Um, it's definitely a hard pick because I would say that uh, every actor, like for me, brings something very unique out of their own personality, and I think that's what makes the acting industry so great that, you know, every person brings something that is unique and and different, uh, so like the specific roles uh, played by specific actors um, bring different qualities, of course. But I would say that definitely Meryl Streep has been an inspiration. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, 
Recently, I've been, uh, after actually watching Game of Thrones, I was very inspired by Amelia Clark as well, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, but in terms of real-life heroes, uh, I would say, you know, my family, uh, especially my mom, you know, just by always telling me that, um, you know, whatever dream I have, I should just keep going and until, you know, it doesn't, it becomes from a, from a dream to a reality. You just have to work really hard and, uh, and keep going and, you know, have a, a solid plan and motivation, but that everything is possible. And I think that always motivated me to, to follow my acting dream because I know that, uh, a lot of people, it's a, you know, it's a kind of a crazy world sometime and, uh, a lot of parents, I'm sure, you know, wouldn't want their kids to follow that path. But I've been blessed with a great supportive family that always, like, pushed me to go in and get what I uh, what I dream of. And I think that has been my greatest inspiration, um, telling myself, you know, getting all this support and, and telling myself, okay, I have a dream and I'm, I'm going to follow it no matter what. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of people... Um, you know, especially from where I come from, from Israel, they're like, oh, you're going to go to America and, um, you know, and, and go to Hollywood and become an actress. And and that's what I did. <laughs> I packed a huge suitcase, you know, full of dreams and and hopes and motivation. And here I am. I've been here for seven years and got to work on incredible projects with incredible people. So I'm very grateful. That's awesome. Uh, may turn positive, I guess, here on 89.1 Kids FM. Uh, there is one film of yours that I do want to talk to you about, and I've seen it. Believe it or not, I've actually seen it. And we actually have one of your co-stars on our show last week, uh, Susan LaBelle. Wow. And I know, I know you're familiar with the movie Invisible Flag. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, Invisible Flags uh, is a movie that I um, wrote and played the lead in and uh, uh, co-directed. And it's a very, it's a film that is very dear to my heart. Also, Susan Lavelle uh, that you just mentioned, she did a fantastic job on that film. Um, it's a film about domestic violence and most of the actresses on this film are actually real domestic violence survivors and she she did talk a little bit about that but one thing uh, one cool thing about the film is with as many awards as it won i believe that uh the mantle above your fireplace has collapsed <laughs> yeah 24 awards and uh, and counting we're actually kind of now soon completing our festival run and hoping to find distribution for it soon because i think it's uh such an important subject and i really hope that with this film you know as an artist in general as um as a writer i hope to work on films that have, um, you know, a bigger meaning and hopefully will inspire others to do a little bit better in this world, and especially with this film, uh, Help uh, and Domestic Violence. Now, with that being said, do you have, uh, do you have any uh, projects that, uh, let's talk about what you're doing currently. Do you have any uh, other projects that you, you're doing that, you're, that you wrote or that you're producing or have coming out that you're working on? Always. 
But yes, yeah, so I actually I finished recently. I shot a film in uh, New Jersey um, with the great Michelle Danner that directed a film called um, Yeah Miranda's Victim. Uh, we shot it in New Jersey, and then um, now I'm actually I have two projects in development. I can't share too many details, but I have two scripts in development. One is a TV series script, and one is a feature film script. Um, yeah, both of them are um, are dramas, but I honestly can't share too much about the um, the plot. Um, but I am I'm very excited for that. And then um, while doing all of this and uh, auditioning, of course, writing, um, I also been um, really grateful to um, teach an improv class at the Michelle Danner Acting Studio. So um, that also gives me a lot of joy um, teaching improv. And uh, I think improv is such an important tool for actors. And with with all that being said, you got, and we get most of our information here from imdb.com, or at least our producer does. So if any of this mm-hmm. information is inaccurate, uh, you can fire IMDb. But it says that you have a couple movies that are in post production right now: uh, First Ring, uh, Two, The The Dreamwood Twenty, uh, Quest of right. the Great Dante, and Ghost of You. Are, are are when when did you do those, or when did you work on them? Yes, yeah, so. Um... So um, the one, the, the first string is actually a film that I shot in Charleston. And um, it, is, uh, it is not out yet, but I think it is close to, to being released. And it's, it's, an, it's an amazing period piece. Um, I got to act with uh, the talented Kevin Anderson and the wonderful Leslie Zemeckis. It was a really great cast, and I play... Uh, a Ukrainian Jew um, in the 1940s, uh, dealing with uh, the whole uh, Stalin era and 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 the stuff that the Jewish people at the time had to um, to go through. And you mentioned that uh, being playing Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel uh, in Black Spider-Man, you've been invited to a lot of comic cons. I'm going to ask you. Correct. I'm going to ask you yeah. what your favorite thing about Comic Cons is, and I'm going to tell you a little story about a, one of our past guests. What is your favorite thing about Comic Cons, and did you have any drawbacks when you first asked to attend one? Sorry, can you repeat the, the last thing? Well, did you have any uh, hesitation on when you were first asked to go to one? Did you have any preconceived uh, notions about them? I would say maybe the first uh, hesitation I had was uh, my first performance at one of the cons. It was in uh, the San Francisco Comic Con, uh, and I was performing with my improv team at the time, and it was one of my first big improv shows. So I would say it was a little scary uh, to perform in such in front of such a big audience. Um, but it was a great show, and I love it. I love the cons, and the great energy there's always like a really happy energy and um it just connects a lot of people that are coming from a lot of parts of the world and share that love for for comic books and comic characters and i i really i really enjoy comic cons it's always nice to see also all the great cosplayers and costumes and i don't have anything negative to say about the cons i really enjoy them well you know we had uh 
Jacko Jacko Halloran is a guest here about a year ago, and uh, he was in Superman one and two. He played one of the he played that tall bad guy in Superman two, and he told mm-hmm. us about the first time he was asked to the Comic Con. He said, "I don't want to go to a Comic Con. I don't want to have a bunch of Star Wars guys coming up to me saying live wrong and prosper and stuff." And I said, "I said, really? Was that your only drawback?" He said, "No. Every time I go to Comic Con, the first thing that everybody says to me is." You talk, you know, because in the movie he had no lines. <laughs> what is amazing. the one thing that fans always come up to uh, up to you and talk to you about? We have these besides. Uh, I had no idea you were so beautiful in person. I'm sure you do <laughs> that a lot. Right? Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been uh, it's been really great. Like I get stopped a lot to like you know some fans coming to take pictures with the Captain Marvel outfit or the different outfits. Um, and, you know, I always, like, sign posters um, at the con. But, yeah, we always talk a little bit about, you know, my um, my performances uh, at the web series and and people that have been coming to our um, to our musical called La La Lendo, the Star Wars musical that I mentioned, that we had some fans now at Phoenix Comic Con coming back for, like, the third or fourth year which was incredible. They showed me pictures of every performance they they attended, and and it was just really nice to nice to hear. We also do some uh, cover versions in our show that we take, you know, classic some of the classic uh, hits, and then we uh, we write like a Star Wars version to them. And um, they say that every time that the original song pops on the radio, they they sing it in the in the La La Lando musical way. So it was really nice to hear. You know, and I'm kind of curious with uh, your with, with the costume that you wear as Captain Marvel. Do you own that costume, or do you have to uh, do you have to get permission from the studio to wear it? Um, no. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not getting in trouble for that. But no, but uh, I have um, I have a few different uh, Captain Marvel outfits. And I actually started as Miss Marvel, like not Miss Marvel that you see so much today, but kind of the original Miss Marvel, um, uh, Carol Danvers, but kind of in her in her previous form before she became Captain Marvel, um, before she changed kind of to her um, to her other outfit. Um, but I have a few different ones. Then I've been also cosplaying a little bit as Catwoman and. Uh, like Spider Woman, and it's it's always fun. It's always you know I get to play different characters and and meet really interesting people. Just got to meet Stephen Amell at the last Comic Con, which was really great. You know, and uh, one one thing I, I I do know about you because I am a fan. You're probably thinking, well, you're just saying that because no, it's not. That's not the case. I am a big fan. Now <laughs> I know I know that you can also speak Hebrew. Is that correct? <laughs> now, I was going to ask you a question. I'll understand if you turn me down for this, but, you know, at the beginning of the interview, you, you, you read, our, uh, you read our, our promo. Would you be willing to read that in Hebrew for us? Of course. Do you want me to, to say it in Hebrew? Yeah, go ahead. Hold on one second. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, let me... And action. אתם מקשיבים לאטיטיוד ארה, יום שני, בלייב, 89.1, עם המארחים שלכם, האייקון, הביג סווינג, 
godmother of wrestling granny holster the uh modernist nightmare messiah hey hey matthias and granny you guys just heard your name in hebrew did you ever think that you'd get that <laughs> a- accolade <laughs> it was, uh, I did my best translation, instant translation to Hebrew. You know, I was I was just kind of curious. Now, with, since you do uh, speak Hebrew, and you, you obviously speak it fluently, I believe Hebrew must have been your first language, correct? Yes, yes, correct. Now, do they ever ask you, uh, has anybody ever asked you to play a role like where, you know, you, you do English in the, uh, in the movie or the TV show or, or what have you, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, you get, like, zapped, and then all of a sudden you can only speak Hebrew. Have you ever been asked for a role like that? sounds really fun, but I actually haven't really uh, had a lot of uh, Hebrew roles here. Uh, I did work um, I did work on a show here that was um, – Kind of a show about Israelis in LA, but it was more of a theater show, and then I got to do it uh, half in English, half in Hebrew. But I still haven't gotten an opportunity to act in a in a Hebrew English film uh, in LA yet. But maybe soon. Well, speaking of that, you know, you mentioned that you have a couple projects that you can't talk about, but uh, you know, with the with the success that you had uh, on Invisible Flags. I'm sure that you want to follow up that with another with another feature, don't you? Definitely, yeah. I mean, we are thinking right now of turning because Invisible Flags also is a mid-length film, and we're trying to um, maybe um, have a feature version of it right now. Um, it's a very, again, I think it's a very important story to tell. Um, it, uh, it deals with domestic violence from a very different angle. You know, um, I feel like a lot of uh, domestic violence stories show the stereotype of what abuser is. And invisible flags show it from a different angle where the writing is not necessarily always on the wall. But you have to be aware of um, red flags that are not always that red. And to, to be aware of the warning signs that sometimes... Again, they seem kind of invisible to the eye, but if you ignore them, they keep growing and can become very dangerous. Sorry. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was rude. Uh, Matar Positor, I guess, we're on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got about 10 minutes left with uh, Matar. And you are awesome, and I do appreciate you taking Thank time you. out of your schedule to be with us tonight. And like I say, we, I booked you on the show a year ago. And uh, <laughs> I do appreciate uh, you blanking out your schedule for our uh, being on the show tonight a year in advance. That was awesome. We appreciate that. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great talking to you. But don't go away yet. Uh, I, I got a couple uh, other things to ask you. Uh, one One thing I will ask you. It's for those of you uh, who listen to our show on a regular basis. If you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kent's FM page, like that. Do a $10 donation to the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autographed picture from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. Uh, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways, especially like a couple of you dressed up like Captain Marvel? Sure, I'll be happy to. Now, when you... 
when you're wearing this costume, it's obviously not. Uh, it's obviously uh, it's got to be like uh, kind of restrictive, isn't it? I mean, it's got to be like warm and because the fabric, you know, it's got to be built to last for all the scenes, right? So it's got to be. It can be kind of cumbersome at times, right? Wearing all the wearing the costume all the time. Yeah, um, it it can be a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Uh, not like weather suited, especially now when we were in Arizona, it was like extremely hot. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's, it never stopped me for, from, you know, we shot, uh, the Black Spider-Man series in so many different weather conditions and in so many locations. And, uh, I always, I never complained about wearing that costume. I feel like, you know, how when you sometimes you wear a costume that, um, makes you feel like a superhero, it's, uh, it's always uh, it's always a good reason, you know. You don't. I, I never really complain about it. I, I love wearing it and what it represents. So so it's it's. I'm I'm not I'm not too worried about the the warmth of it of it being or it being uncomfortable. I um, yeah. I just I just like being Captain Marvel. <laughs> so I just got I just got to know this. How many times have you went to like a drive-through a restaurant wearing the costume and people say, oh, "It's Captain Marvel." <laughs> yeah, it happened a lot of times and uh it's nice always to like meet, you know, fans and people that say like, Oh, like, you know, we're still waiting for, you know, to see you um you know, the Marvel cast you for that and you know, I you know, it's definitely something I would uh would love doing, um, hopefully in the near future. Uh we have uh Miss Positive, I guess you're on eighty nine point one Kens FM and yeah, well, we only have about seven minutes left with uh, Miss Paz, but now you you've uh, done not only acting, but you've done writing and producing. Uh, is there one uh, element that you like doing more than the other? Yes, uh, you, in terms of genre, you mean? Well, no. Just to, would you rather produce a film, write a film, oh, or okay. act in a film? I would say that acting is. Uh kind of my first love and my biggest love um but like i mentioned before i do believe that both writers and actors are storytellers so i love to combine um yeah i think the producing part is <laughs> it's uh you know it's very important of course um but it's not my favorite thing to do uh i do i do enjoy writing and acting the most i say acting is um my first love, and then I love writing stories that I want to act in and uh, stories that I think that need to be told. And you've also done a lot of, uh, you've done a, writing on a few different projects, such as And They Live, and, or And They mm-hmm. Lived, and Falling Together. What were your inspirations yeah, so- for those? So And They Lived was actually my first project, and it's a film that talks about the confusing gap between relationships in the real world versus this, like, fantasy Disney story that, you know, we grow up uh, thinking that this is what love is. Um, And a lot of the times, you know, we get disappointed thinking, oh, we can't get this Disney fantasy in our real life. So this film kind of talks about um, that gap and also how – Real real life relationships, you know, they might not be like a fairy tale, but they require a lot of hard work and um, 
and compromises, but I also try to to show in this uh, in this script and in this movie that you don't need to settle for something that is bad for you. You just need to understand that you know there are going to be some obstacles along the way, but um, you're going to have to like face them together as a couple. Um, again, not in every not in every price. Not not to settle for something that is harmful. Um, God forbid, but um, but you do know that um, that that if you if you um, work together as a couple, there is no there is no perfect I would say, but there is perfect enough for you. And 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 again, perfect requires uh, requires hard work and listening and good communication. And uh, I think that's what people forget. They think, oh, but I was promised this Disney story. And it's just not like that. That's awesome. I'm Maytar, so I guess you're on 89.1 Kids FM. And we only got about four minutes here with uh, this pause. Uh, so so we can do this so we don't forget. If our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Yes, I have pretty much everything uh, on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'm just Maytar Paz, M-E-I-T-A-R-P-A-Z. I have Facebook, um, which is the same name, <laughs> and uh, TikTok as well. I don't use it as much, but, yeah, I would say mostly IMDb, uh, Instagram, and Facebook are the main ones. That's awesome. And also, I I, I, I kind of have a little ego question for you. Believe it or not, I actually have one of those. Uh, that, <laughs> that, collector's, that collector's card I made for you, I, I just got to ask your opinion on that. Sure. How did you like it? How how did I like how did I like what? That that little collector's card I made you wear you in that black outfit. The 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 black outfit I wore for for which role? Well, see now uh, when uh, I I I booked you as a guest, I made you a little collector's card with your picture on it. Oh that, that, oh yeah yeah yeah. I just had to ask yeah, what you thought loved, of that. I loved it. It was awesome. I appreciate that. You you are awesome. Now, real real quick here, and we got uh, we got about uh, two minutes. Is there a subject or a subject that you really want to make a movie about, or do a project about that you feel that needs to be discussed that is just never touched? Um, yes, uh, there are a lot of those, and uh, like I mentioned before, it is really important for me that my work um, is not just for entertaining purposes, but also um, I get to work on, um, to write on subjects that uh, help society in different ways. So right now, of course, Invisible Flags was uh, dealing with domestic violence, um, um, and my previous film also dealt with uh, relationships, uh, relationship problems or, like, expectation versus reality. Uh, in terms of the future, um, I don't know if there is a specific subject right now. I mean, there's so, there's so many of them. <laughs> there's so many. Uh, but I think one of the, one of the, um, the subjects that I do want to touch on is uh, um, special needs. I can't say I can't say more than that. It's actually a project that I'm working on right now, but it does deal with uh, special needs. 
and I'm definitely going to contact you about that. I uh, I work with special needs myself for a local company here in my hometown. I do a lot of stuff Amazing. with special needs adults, and uh, I know that. I know that uh, a few of them are listening right now, and I'm sure they're going to ask me, how come you didn't ask to get an autograph for me? How come you didn't? Well, uh, I'll, talk <laughs> you about I'll, I'll talk to you about that off the air. And uh, here's, a, here's an idea for you. And when you uh, make this project happen, uh, you can uh, send some kudos my way. Uh, you can do a, uh, a story about my life as a comic book superhero. By Miss mm-hmm. Paws. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'll tell you what, you have been awesome. I want to thank you for uh, being with us tonight and uh, clearing your calendar a year in advance for us. You are so awesome, and we will definitely have you on with us again. You are too. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to all of you guys. Thank you so much. All Thank right, uh, uh, May May Tower pause, ladies and gentlemen. We got uh, well, we got um, well, we got about uh, three minutes here. Yeah, three minutes here before our film hits. Uh, uh, Matthias, Granny, we had another great show, did we not? I yeah, we so. did. Did you guys expect to be talking to Captain Marvel tonight? Nope. <laughs> not Never not at all. <laughs> You know, and it's funny, uh, Matthias, you have a lot with, uh, in common with those boss. Like, when you're wrestling, you do a lot of uh, your own stunts. Like, when you, yeah. take a, when you take the thumbstacks, you can't say, okay, bring in, uh, bring in the uh, backup wrestler. You can't ever do that. No, that's the one thing about professional wrestling. You never, uh, you never have a stunt double. You never have anybody uh, do anything for you. You take everything, whether it's a chair to the head, or you land on thumbtacks, or Legos, or barbed wire, or broken glass, or you go through a door, it's all on you. You you take every brunt of it, you take every ounce of pain, every ounce of um, punishment that the, uh, the, the match that you provide, and the bumps that you take, every ounce of that goes to you. There's no uh, bringing the stunt double where if there's an accident, they get hurt instead of the main actor, whereas you go in the ring and you get hurt, that's on you, and everything goes your way. You know, the other cool thing, uh, guys, about uh, Maytar Paz, and I'm not taking away from any other guests that we've been on, but I think Maytar uh, was the most beautiful guest that we've ever had on this show. So uh, I do thank her. She is awesome, and hopefully I can uh, she can help me with uh, some of the special needs projects I have coming up. Well, I'd, I'd even pay to ever fly out and knock on the door of one of uh, one of my special needs guys and uh, dressed up as Captain Marvel. <laughs> uh, that would be kind of a cool little deal. But anyway, uh, so we uh, we have about a minute here. So next week we have another big show. We have uh, three guests next week. They're all confirmed. And what's coming up? Uh, we have uh, our show on the nineteenth. We have a show on the 26th. We are not doing a show on July 3rd. Uh, we are off that day because the 4th of July is Tuesday, uh, and I will not be uh, around. So we're not going to have a show on the 3rd. Uh, but uh, up until then, we'll be uh, having a show all the way from July 10th all the way to when I take the day off on September 4th. So uh, keep tuning in to 89.1 Kim's FM. Click that link. You listen to us. Uh, in the meantime, remember, it's not goodbye. It's just goodnight. 
and we'll see you all next week. Join us. Love each other. Care for each other. Come back to us next week. We'll see you all then. You think you know me.